the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. I want to talk about the final context, the final topic matter that I I want us to really pay attention to that Solomon touches on when it comes to wisdom. And I'm going to preach a message today or teach a message today that perhaps some of you have never heard a message related to in your entire life. I want to talk to you related to what the Bible says about taking care of your physical body. Real wisdom involves learning to take care of your physical health. I want you to do something with me for a moment. Right where you are, just, just look down at your body just for a moment. Just look at your body. You don't normally think about your body. Generally, only at two times you think about your body when you step on the scales or you think about your body whenever you go to the doctor, you're sick. When something's going wrong with your body, you think about it. When you kind of say, you know what, I need to lose some weight, you think about it. But generally speaking, you never think much about your body. But how you manage your body is really important because it impacts your relationship with God. I'm going to prove that to you today. It impacts your relationships with other people. It impacts your usefulness for the kingdom of God. Your body is something that is very important, and God deems it as very important. And the devil, being a thief, would like to steal from you your health or steal from you uh, by causing you to make certain decisions with your body that diminish your effectiveness for God. You and I need to manage our bodies well. We have a responsibility to be good stewards over our physical health. Let's take a look at what Proverbs says about this. In Proverbs chapter 3, beginning in verse number 5, you know this verse very well, but perhaps you haven't noticed the latter part of this verse in verse number 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him. And what will He do? He will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Read the rest with me. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Here we see a passage of Scripture that points out that in the wisdom of God, that if we live the way God wants us to live, that it does affect our physical bodies, that your body is important to God. It matters to God. And so today I'm going to share with you three lessons that I think will be helpful in understanding our stewardship over our physical bodies. Here's the first lesson today. Your life and your body are gifts from God. The Bible is very clear about the origin of human life and the origin of your physical body. You're not the result of evolution. You're the result of creation. I want to say that again. You are not, your body is not the result of evolution. I don't have time to go into many things that could prove that to us. But your body is not the result of evolution. Your body is the result of a creator creating life, giving life. 
God created the wonderful gift of human life. And because of that, life is sacred. Life is sanctified. Life is precious to God. You have a designer body. You maybe not, may not feel like it, but you do, okay? You have a designer body designed by the creator of the universe. Let's take a look at some scriptures that point this out. I'm going to take you to Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. Do we believe the Bible? Do we believe the Bible? Yes. The Bible is our foundation for anything that we teach or believe. Then, here, so this is scripture. Genesis, first chapter of the first book of the Bible. Then God said, let us make or create man or human beings in our image and likeness and let them rule over the fish and the sea and the birds in the air. So God created, God did what? He created human beings in his image. Not in the image of a monkey, okay? In his image, in the image of God, he created them. He created them male and female. Take a look with me now at Genesis chapter 2, verse number 7. Then the Lord God formed. That word formed is also shaped, fashioned, designed, we might say. Then the Lord God formed or shaped the man from the dust of the ground. And then what did he do? He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils. And the man became a living person or a living soul. The psalmist David, looking at his physical body in Psalm chapter 139, verses 13 and 14, he said, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. He's not saying his soul and spirit, although obviously those were created by God as well. But in this particular passage, he's referring to his body. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. There David again affirms how he was knit together. Where? In his mother's womb womb, the sanctity and the value of life. The prophet Jeremiah heard a word from God related to his own body, his own creation. And God speaks to Jeremiah as he calls him to become a prophet. And God says to him, before I shaped you, or another translation says formed you, before I shaped or formed you, in where the womb, I knew all about you. When did God know all about Jeremiah? Before he was even shaped in the mother's womb. Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. A prophet to the nations, that's what I had in mind for you. And just as God had a plan in mind for Jeremiah, God, when he formed you and shaped you, before you were even shaped in your mother's womb, God had a plan and a purpose for your life. So given these scriptures, what should we do? First of all, we should appreciate the gift of life. We should thank God for the gift of life. We should appreciate the fact that we are not an accident, no matter what the circumstances were of your birth. And there are many different, perhaps, circumstances of birth and how you came into the world. But no matter the circumstances of your birth, you were not a surprise to God. When he clothed your spirit and clothed your soul with a body, when he gave you entrance into this world, you came as a special gift to this world of God's creation. You are special, a special gift. 
And the second thing that we must do in response, we need to prepare to answer to God for what we do with our body. Did you understand that one day you're going to give an account to God for what you did with your body? Let me stop there for a moment. We normally think, well, yeah, I'm going to give an account to God for how I lived my life and uh, what was in my spirit and how I handled my soul. Was I healthy in my soul? But I want you to know that the Bible says you'll also give an account to God for what goes on with your body. Here we go in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10. Do we believe the Bible? Okay. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good and evil we have done in this earthly body. So here we're told that we're going to give an account to God for what we've done in our bodies. The second lesson for us today is this. To understand that God has a purpose for your body. The reason God gave you a body is because there's a reason for you having it. You don't just have a body for no uh, reason. Everything that God creates, he creates for a purpose. Amen? He doesn't create anything purposelessly. And so when he created our physical bodies, it was for a purpose. And the Bible talks about this purpose. Let me give you three verses that emphasize this very purpose. It's very clear. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 13. Our bodies were made for the Lord and the Lord cares about our bodies. So what was your body made for? For who? For the Lord. Okay, remember that. And the Lord cares about our bodies. Take a look with me now at 1 Corinthians 6:13. The body again is for who? For the Lord and the Lord for the body. And so are we beginning to see there's a purpose to this thing, right? Why did God give you a body? Well, your body is for the Lord and the Lord is for your your, your body. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 4. He wants each of you to learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. So in other words, the purpose of your body is that you might present your body to God in a holy way and live your life and use your body in an honorable way to God. So what does this actually mean? Let me see if I can break these verses down for us to see exactly what this means. What is the purpose of your body? The purpose of your body is, first of all, to be a holy place where God lives. When you and I accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of our life, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. The Bible says that you are, we are the temple or the house of the Holy Spirit. So everywhere you go, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you take the Spirit of God with you. Wherever you go, God goes. Why? Because if you're a believer, God is living inside of you, okay? God is not just out here somewhere. He indeed is, but God is also inside of you, living inside of you by the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Holy Spirit is always bearing witness, even in the fact that you're hearing God's Word today and something inside of you is saying amen to the Word of God. That's the Spirit of God inside of you, bearing witness to the fact that God is inside of you. And so therefore, if God is living in you and you're to be a holy place where God lives, the Lord is exposed to everything we do as believers. There's no place that you can go that God doesn't go. So where are you taking God? Where are you taking him? What are you exposing him to? How comfortable is the Holy Spirit living in your house? 
I'm not sure if you've ever visited someone before and met a guest at their house and felt uncomfortable there. Have you ever been there before? You felt like, I need to leave, okay? The question is, do we grieve the Spirit of God living in our house? Does the Holy Spirit feel uncomfortable? Are we making the Holy Spirit comfortable in our house? Because it's a holy place where God lives. Our bodies are for the Lord, right? Our bodies are for the Lord and the Lord for the body. My third final point today is this. Managing your body requires what? Well, that's a tough word, isn't it? Have you noticed that your body often fights with you? That your body has different ideas than you have in terms of what you want to do with it, okay? And the reason is because sin dwells with inside of us and sin pulls on our body, pulls on our flesh, okay? Pulls on our body to get us to do certain things or to try to get us to do certain things. And the only way that you can win the battle with the body, okay, because the body wants to do something other than serve the Lord, okay, because there's sin in our bodies, there's sin in our nature, okay, so our bodies pull against God oftentimes or pull against what is good for us. And so the only way that you and I will win the war that we have internally with our bodies is by something called, what is it called again? Discipline. This is a key word, and you have to apply it in many realms of life, but certainly in the realm of dealing with your body. So what is discipline? Here's my definition that I will give you for discipline. Discipline is the investment we make today that produces health and blessings tomorrow. It's the investment. Don't think of discipline as something terrible. No, discipline is the investment you make today, doing certain things today, that will lead and produce health and blessings tomorrow. I'll illustrate this. If you're disciplined in your finances, what will happen in your future? It provides better opportunity for you to be blessed and healthy financially in your future, correct? Okay. If you're disciplined in a relationship, that, you're, that you handle your relationships well, we've talked about that before, then in that aspect of your life, then what you're doing right today is going to set you up for success tomorrow. Most of us live with what we want today. I just want what I want right now. But discipline says, no, I'm willing to push away from me what I want right now to have something better tomorrow, okay? I want my, my life to be blessed. Discipline is the willingness to say yes to the right things in life and no to the wrong things in life. It's the ability, listen closely, to push past your impulses. Because your impulses will drive you in a certain way. But discipline says, I'm going to push past those impulses. I'll push past those hormones that are trying to drive me in a certain direction. Or my, my wants or my desires or my feelings or my emotions. I'm going to push past those to do what is right. Even when everything inside of me is trying to get me to do the opposite of that. I'm going to invest today in that which will produce health and blessing tomorrow. The Apostle Paul made this very clear. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, I discipline my, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Paul realized that unless he sets some limits and some requirements on his own body, he could potentially become a shipwrecked soul. Unless he sets some limits and requirements on his 
body, he could become a disgraced disciple. See, discipline, listen closely, discipline is one of the keys that breaks the power of the devil in your life. You say, how do I break the power of the devil? Some devils come out only by prayer and fasting. I mean, fasting is a discipline, right? Fasting is the ability to push something away from your life for a period of time so that you're breaking a a stronghold of the adversary. And all throughout Scripture, we see that discipline is vital to gaining victory in your life. We often want just those quick victories. Somebody pray for me so that I can get over this. Somebody pray for me so that I can have the victory in my life. God says, well, yeah, you can pray, but there's some things else that you need to do also, and that involves a level of discipline. So let me give you five characteristics very quickly of disciplined people. We're going to run through these very fast, so if you're taking notes, do so with your fast pen, okay? Here we go. Number one, you've got to set and keep scheduled times with God. That's discipline. Why is this important? Because if you don't set time with God and keep those times with God, you're never going to be synchronized with God. Your body needs to be synchronized with God, okay? Not only does your spirit and soul need to be synchronized with God, but your body needs to be synchronized with God. So that's why you need scheduled times with God. Let me just digress for a moment. Actually, it's not really even a digression. That's why being in church is so important, because once a week when you come to church, what happens is you get synchronized afresh with God. That's happening to you right now, whether you realize it. If you're paying attention today, you're engaged in today's message and today's worship, something's happening to you right now. You're beginning to be synchronized with God so that when you leave here, you've got a shot of God in your life, okay? Now, by the way, you need him again Monday morning, okay? And you need him again Tuesday morning and Wednesday morning and Thursday morning and Friday morning and Saturday morning or until you get back to church either Saturday night or Sunday. You don't need just one shot a week. You need God every day of your life. I need thee. Oh, I need thee every hour. I need thee. Okay. So these schedule, if you don't put it on your schedule, it will not happen. You do what you schedule in your life. Second of all, you need to establish a good structure in your life. Good, disciplined people establish structure. Can I ask you a question? What is the better kind of life? A life of order or a life of chaos? Oh, we all answer that very quickly. But you know how many people actually live a life of chaos? They never order their life at all. They just live life as it happens. I don't have any control. It just happens to me. No, you have some control over your life. You can schedule into your life the things that order your life in a way that will direct you where you need to go. And so don't let let life just happen to you. I promise if you let life just happen to you, your life is going to be filled with all kind of drama and all kind of chaos and all kind of stuff's going to go on in your life because the devil will make sure that he keeps you upset about something pretty much all the time. Okay, But if you structure your life well, It's not going to ensure that you never have any chaos, but the more ordered your life is, the better prepared you will be for the chaos when it comes. And then thirdly, you need to work. Everybody say work. Work. Disciplined people, what do they do? Disciplined people do what? Do you know that one of the commandments, one of the big ten that God gave his people, he said six days shall thou labor. Six days you need to be at work doing something. And I'm not saying that you need to have a job that occupies you for six days. But what I am saying is the scripture, I believe, teaches us that we need to keep our lives purposefully occupied and productively occupied. 
My mom used to remind me of a phrase when I would find myself uh, often, you know, just sort of bored or not knowing what to do. She would say, hey, son, the, the, an idle mind is a devil's workshop, okay? Anybody ever heard that before? Idle hands are a devil's workshop. Now, true it is that when we grow idle, what can happen in our life is we, we subject ourselves to things that produce chaos and disorder in our life and actually sometimes even destruction in our life. The next one is to develop some holy habits in your life. That's what disciplined people do. They develop their habits. They actually practice holy habits. By that I mean that they pay attention to what they look at. They pay attention to what they listen to. They pay attention to what they say. They pay attention to where they go, what their hands do. They actually develop holy habits. Because your body, part of your body includes your eyes, okay? So what you look at you will make a choice related to. And so you have to discipline what you're willing to look at or not look at. I mean, some things are just not good for you to look at, okay? That is not good for you to look at. I'm not here trying to give you a bunch of religious rules today. I'm just telling you certain things aren't good for you to look at. Just like certain things aren't good for you to eat, certain things aren't good for you to look at. They don't do anything beneficial to your life. They do things that are destructive to your life. And so you got to take charge of your eyes, because if you don't take charge of your eyes, your eyes will take charge of you, okay? And so you need to tell your eyes what you're going to look at and what you're not going to look at. Can I meddle a little bit further today, okay? That includes the movies you watch, and that includes the sites you go to on the internet. It includes all those things. You got to say no to some things, okay? There'll be some things that'll sneak up on you from time to time. I get that. I understand that. But the point I'm making is that you're beginning to say, I've got to dis- you've got to discipline your ears. What am I going to listen to? So you listen to certain things. It gets inside of you. It gets down in your soul and begins to work on you. If you listen to an agitated person, it will not be long before you'll be agitated. If you listen to an angry person, it's not long before you're going to be angry. If you listen to a disgruntled person, it's not long before you're going to be disgruntled. Is that really what you want to be? Okay. If you, if you listen to a gossip, it's not long before you'll be gossiping, okay? So it, it, the question is, well, what do you want to be? What kind of person do you really want to be? And so you've got to develop some holy habits where your feet take you. Well, you say, well, I, I couldn't help it. My feet just took me into the bar. I couldn't help it, okay? <laughs> your feet didn't take you into the bar. You took yourself into the bar. You told your feet you're going into the bar. Can I get an amen right there, Okay. The next time your feet try to take you there, you say, no feet, we're not going there today, okay? Amen? Nor tomorrow, nor the next day, okay? But the point I'm making is you've got to exercise some holy habits in your life. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. 
Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.